in the mood for the blues? We'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Is everybody ready for the Mind Dog to make the show? Welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. You in the mood for some blues tonight? I hope so. You're going to meet an exciting new blues artist. Well, maybe not new in the sense of young or like a child or a teenager, uh, but new to me. And hopefully uh, you will be uh, enlightened and turned on by and become a fan of, of my guests tonight. Um, when we think of blues, uh, we don't necessarily think of Pittsburgh. <laughs> I generally think of the, the South or Chicago or, uh, you know, places like that. Texas blues, Chicago blues. Uh, but we're going to get in, uh, a dose of some Pittsburgh blues tonight. Maybe we'll call it Allegheny blues. I don't know. Um, anyway, I look forward to, to hearing some uh, cool music tonight. And uh, I hope you stick around for the program. Now, before we get started, I want to uh, talk a little bit about my sponsors my sponsors for tonight are mybookie.com you know about mybookie.com mybookie.com is one of the most popular and trusted brands in the online gambling community its sports book offers an incredible variety of sports from american staples such as football and basketball to international sports such as kbo rugby and cricket it even offers wages on entertainment and politics and simulated sports video games such as uh, Madden 21 and NBA 2K21. If you're looking for a line on your favorite TV show, you can most certainly find it at MyBookie. And before I go any further, I really need some clarification on this. Uh, I've been asking for it for quite a while, and nobody seems to have an answer for me, and I'm going to keep asking until I get a good answer, damn it. What are you betting on about TV? I really want to know. You know, I've known some diehard gamblers in my life. I've never, never met anyone who's betting on a television show uh and just to <laughs> think about it for a second if you if your gambling is is that deep and you're betting on television shows maybe you might have a problem but uh moving on <laughs> with the spot i'm sure i'm sure my bookie doesn't appreciate me reading that like that but uh it is what it is folks my bookie's casino options offer uh uh, are as plentiful as its sports books. They they offer twenty seven different table games such as blackjack and roulette, and almost three hundred unique slot options. Seventy seven of which uh, are three D, and you can even play live table games and video poker. To get started, just go to mybookie dot com and use the promo code MINDDOG. Promo code MINDDOG. Yes, that's right. And what you're going to get with that is a special match deposit offer. So uh, if you want to bet with ten dollars, to say. Uh, it instantly becomes $20 if you use the promo code MINDDOG. Now, this is for your first-time deposit only, and it goes up to $1,000, up to $1,000. So, meaning if you put down $1,000, it instantly becomes $2,000 just like that, and you can bet on television shows all day long, which uh, might be a little interesting, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so I do appreciate you patronizing my sponsors. Once again, it's uh, mybookie.com and use the promo code MINDDOG. Now, also, uh, tonight's program is sponsored by Audiobooks Now. Audiobooks Now. You know about the convenience of audiobooks. Uh, you can listen to a book while you're driving. You can listen to a book while you're doing chores around the house or menial stuff. And if your job, your 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 what you do for a living isn't really doesn't require a whole lot of uh, uh, brain function to do. If you're on manual, you you can actually listen while you work. Um, so um, it, it's a great convenience, and you know all about that. So why audiobooks now? Uh, well, you can get audiobooks just about anywhere, but the why about audiobooksnow.com is price. Price point, price point, price point. Uh, audiobooks Now Club Pricing Plan is simply the best deal on audiobooks you'll find. It offers the savings and flexibility not found anywhere else with their save on everything discounts, rollovers, exclusive offers, and loyalty program, incredible selection, and cancel anytime policy. It simply cannot be beat. Plus, there's free premium audiobooks on select titles. Now, if you go, use the link that's in the description to audiobooksnow.com, you can start a free 
30-day trial. That's absolutely free. It will cost you nothing to uh, get involved for 30 days. You can cancel at any time. So you can't beat that. Free 30 days. If you're into books and you're uh, into the convenience of audiobooks, please check out my sponsors. And again, the links are in the description. Now on to the big program. As I mentioned, blues, blues, blues. We've had a lot of great uh, music acts come through the last two or three months or so, thanks to a, a guy named Michael Stover, uh, who is uh, a part of MTS uh, Records and MTS Management. And he sent me so many good artists in country, in folk, in uh, rock, in pop, in uh, European American, European uh, branded Americana music, a whole bunch of different genres. First blues artist we've had on. And I'm excited to uh, kind of get back into some uh, real cool roots music with a great artist. Uh, as Pittsburgh's lady of the blues, Miss Freddie keeps the blues alive in her native hometown. Uh, she's uh, started singing in church at a young age. The influence of church and her mother's love of the blues gave Miss Freddie the beginning to venture into the world of blues music in 1996. Uh, she joined the BMW which is like British Motor Works, uh, Blues Music Works, uh, Blues Music Works under the direction of Big Al Levitt, or Leave It, I'm going to have to get some clarification on that, in 2002, Miss Freddie formed her own band, Blue Phase. Several years later, she became uh, Miss Freddie's Blue, the band became Miss Freddie's Blues Band and Miss Freddie's Home Cooking Band. Her influences include Coco Taylor, Etta James, Sarah Vaughan, wow, Billie, uh, Billie Holiday, Big Mama Thornton, uh, Big Al Levitt, and Bessie Smith. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome into the program Miss Freddie. Miss Freddie, welcome. Hi, thank Hi. you. Hi, it's wonderful to have you here. Uh, as I mentioned, Pittsburgh, we don't necessarily think of Pittsburgh as a big blues town. We think of Chicago. We think of maybe St. Louis, uh, New Orleans. I don't know. A lot of places like that, Texas blues. Uh, you, you must be the big fish in the small uh, small, small fish bowl or small pond in Pittsburgh, yes? Yes. And, you know, that's funny you say that because every time I uh, would go out of town to perform and people find out where I'm from, the first thing comes out of some people's mouths are, oh, wouldn't Pittsburgher know about blues? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. We know a lot about blues. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in today's day, day and age, really, it doesn't matter where you are. You can be influenced by any kind of music anywhere in the world. I've had people uh, from Finland on who were uh, Johnny Cash. Uh, influence you know uh from finland and iceland pop singers american pop singers so uh it's not surprising that in today's day and age you can be influenced by anything anywhere um blues music though where i come from uh i'm in long island new york okay. and and for most of my youth uh we had so many blues bands here uh and blues artists and they they weren't very good but there were lots of them. And uh, there, there even became a line in the, in the movie Crossroads where you're not just another uh, white blues boy from Long Island, are you? Uh, and, and we get a lot of that. I mean, thousands of blues bands that just were not very good and inauthentic. Your music, what I've listened to uh, from the single that's out, so real, it, it's unbelievable. So, uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's completely authentic, um, and that sounds a lot. It sounds like a strong church influence. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it, it it is. I'm um, growing up uh, before I even really got into singing in church choir. I would sing with a couple neighborhood friends, and I remember my mom one Christmas. I got this pl pink plastic microphone, so I would go around singing whatever the latest was, cover tune, or making up something. And then uh, fast forward, went to church, sang in a church. And I remember when I was 15 years old, I sang my first solo. It was terrible. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I felt so rejected. I said, oh, no, this is it. And so I think that's where my stage fright came. You know, it was just, it was terrible. It really was. Well, and, I uh, <laughs> think when you get nervous, it, it the more relaxed you are, the better the singer you are, right? I mean, uh, that basically the worst thing for singing is is tension and nerves 
that's what I've that's always been told. Very, very true. Very true. But I had stage fright even when I, you know, uh, 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 tried out for the first band, BMW Blues Music Works. <laughs> um, the bass player I was dating at the time, they needed somebody, they needed a singer. And he heard me sing uh, Silent Night to my youngest. Um, and it was one of my favorite holiday tunes to sing. And he's like, I didn't know you could sing. And I'm like, I didn't know either. Uh, he said, we're looking for a singer. And I just, you know, I'm like, mm. and so I tried out. The band was in one room. They had a hundred foot mic cord. I went in the bathroom, closed the door, turned the water on and just started singing. And so, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> Why did you have to turn the water on <laughs> to actually feel like you were in the shower or something? <laughs> something like that. Um, just so that, you know, it, it, it calmed me down at the time. It wow. did. And after I got in the band, Matt, I'm telling you, for the first year I was with that band, um, I would sit in a chair facing a wall or whatever. I would be facing the audience and I would be behind the bass player because he's a big guy. And I did that for a whole year, a whole year. That's how scared to death I was. <laughs> oh my goodness! That, and that must have been a real struggle for them to 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 deal with. Because I had a um, back in the day when I was one of those guys on Long Island doing a, a blues act in the eighties. I had a, a good friend of mine who was a harmonica player, and he used to hide behind curtains, hide behind the amplifiers, and it. I just wanted to go back and physically drag him out. Well, how long did it take you to actually come out and take center stage where you belong? <laughs> Well, it took me that year until Big Al, he, you know, he talked to me one day and he said, you know, eventually you're going to have to come out of this. You're going to have to find some way, figure out what to do. He says, because people, they, they hear you. Now they're going to want to put that face, you know, and voice together. He says, people are going to come. He said, eventually they're going to come out and they want to see you. They're going to want to interact with you. He said, you know, it's great that, you know, they hear this voice, but it's really great when they can put the face and the voice together. So about a year and I still have stage fright. I still get scared to death, but I, I remedied that a few years ago. So it's not as bad as it was in the beginning. Right. Well, you know, I think some of the greatest people in the world uh, kept a small degree of uh, what we call stage fright or just nervous energy and butterflies or whatever before going on. Uh, I've been I've been playing for uh, professionally since I was seven years old, which is now over 50, 55 years. Playing. And I still get them. I still get nervous before a show. I still get a little, uh, you know, and anxious in in anticipation and all that kind of stuff so i don't think that ever goes away you no, just have I to learn it goes away right uh talk to me about some of the uh putting the band together now do, are you involved in selecting all the musicians and you have to go through an audition process i mean it, it, once you get past the age of a, being a kid you know early 20s and stuff it gets really hard to get put a band together and keep a band together so are you uh the boss are you do you put the, the band together yes i'm the boss and nobody wants to be the boss after all these years right I yeah mean, it's two bands it's the electric band and acoustic and it's different guys uh and so every year i try to be diplomatic every june and no later than the end of february i always come to everybody and say who all wants to do this? Who all wants to be the boss? I, the boss, I'll just show up and just give me my music. Let me know when the gig is, the time I have to be there, the date, whatever. Nobody wants to do it because course, I, do, nope, I do <laughs> booking. I make sure the advertisement's done. I arrange do arrange rehearsals. Um, and since I'm the singer, I pick the songs I want to sing. So it it's a lot, but I have learned over the years to manage it. So, um, and as far as picking the, the band, when I first started out, a um, couple of the guys from my first band, they helped me out uh, when I formed Blue Phase. And then as time went on, uh, people came and gone and it's all about chemistry. And I know everybody says that, but it's really like, you can tell when somebody's really into what you're doing and then you're into what they're doing. Hence why right. I like my I love my guys like both bands. Um, right. It's the best of both both worlds: electric blues and acoustic. So it's about chemistry. It's about you have to rehearse, practice, whatever you want to call it, because there's no way on this planet I'm going out there doing a show, 
and we haven't rehearsed. It's like, no, 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 no. We got to, we got to do some rehearsal now. And, and that's important. And all my guys believe in that. So thank God. <laughs> Good for them. Uh, I, I, I'm, uh, I was that way for half of my career and yeah. for, for the last 20 years now I've been with the band and never had a rehearsal. <laughs> we've never rehearsed, never rehearsed. Cause we've, uh, we, we started by playing gigs and we started playing gigs so often there was no time. And then the actual gigs became the time to rehearse. Okay. I got an idea for a new, or I have a new song. Let's try it. Uh, and basically try it on the gig and perfect it on the gigs. But, uh, obviously rehearsal is, is, is probably a better way to look more professional, but. It is what it is. So is there, uh, you mentioned all the stuff you're doing, booking and advertising and all that kind of stuff. And that wears you down a little bit. Is, is there uh, a a booming blues scene in in, uh, in Pittsburgh? or And I know right now on the COVID, it's like almost impossible. But in, in normal times, is there a big uh, opportunity to play a lot, play often? And how often do you play? Actually, well, before COVID and for the last, like, I want to say really, I was uh, gigging every single weekend, every single weekend up until last year. And I said, I'm going to take at least one weekend out of the month for me or family time. But I was I was booking every weekend and the blue scene. It's I think it's pretty big in Pittsburgh. You have a lot of uh, clubs that love blues. There's festivals, there's outdoor things, community things. And it's gotten to the point that um, there's some organizations in Pittsburgh that um, they've, they've heard me and follow me on social media throughout the years. And they've, you know, they've hired me. So I think we do. I think we have a hefty blues scene where you've got blues people, national acts, regional acts that come through Pittsburgh and they play. <laughs> uh, so, and do you just stay uh, in the in your area there, or have you uh, done some uh, branching out touring? Oh, in- Matt, I've branched out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I used to go to West Virginia before the pandemic. I was going to West Virginia a lot because even though I got my start here in Pittsburgh. Um, I did a blues challenge in West Virginia down in Fairmont back in 2008. And um, I did a blues competition here in Pittsburgh and, you know, never won. And I said, okay, one more time, I'm going to try, try a different area. And we won. And after that, 2008, it just kind of opened up the doors of going down here. So I would go from Morgantown to Beckley to Charleston to Elkins, which Elkins is my second home. I have to get down there someday. I miss those guys, Fairmont and in between. So I've been to Memphis a few times, Memphis, Tennessee. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah. I've been to Ohio a few times. Um, now about a couple of years ago, I started going to the Eastern side of Pennsylvania. I said, I'm going all over the place. Why can't I, you know, go visit? I've been to Alabama my very first time back in 2018, both my parents are from Alabama. So my first time playing down in Montgomery, and that was fun. It was interesting. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, pretty much all over, pretty much. I can't believe I didn't mention Memphis when I was mentioning Great Blues Towns because that that is absolutely one. Uh, I I spent some time in West Virginia when I was a young man uh, because I was in Western Virginia, uh, and we used to travel to uh, West Virginia for gigs a lot. Very, very happening music scene. I mean, they were very, um, very engaged audiences. But I'm thinking, I'm talking about 40 years ago now, well, 35 years ago. So, but I, I remember it as being a very active and engaged audience in West, West Virginia. And uh, they really loved live music there. So I, I appreciate that. Now, um, I mentioned in the beginning of the program, I've been getting a lot of great, uh, great music from a guy named Michael Stover, MTS Management. Do you have any relation to him? <laughs> no, and I've been waiting for Well, actually, people ask me. I'm like, no, we're not related. And actually, <laughs> we've been Facebook friends before I, you know, joined under his uh, management company. And, I, you know, I just find it kind of funny. And a couple of people have asked me recently, I said, nope, no relation. And you know what, what else has uh, kind of made me think that possibly you were is because, uh, as I mentioned, you know, I don't – 
Pittsburgh is kind of one of those towns that you don't think about until you, you actually talk to somebody from Pittsburgh. If you're from, from like the East coast or West coast, it's, it's one of those places that is in the middle of America and it's not really in the middle of America, but from, from my perspective, from where I am, it is, but he sent me so many, I think you're probably the fifth music act from Pittsburgh that we've had on the program in the last two months. And they've all come from him for a wide variety of genres. So I just thought maybe he had a Pittsburgh connection and your last name is the same as his. Maybe there was some kind of <laughs> relation there. So uh, that's no, why I asked. No, we're not. Nope. He's just my PR guy. Hi, Michael. And he's great. He, he's, he's, he really he's, is great. He works. And you know what? Uh, uh, sent kudos out to michael um in this day and age it's really easy to find a lot of uh, acts but it's not really easy to find quality musicians and so far everybody he sent through has been really quality top-notch independent artists and so kudos to michael for for uh Great taste, great, uh, great ability to spot people who are really quality and not just going for quantity because that's an easy thing to do. And because everybody, oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And I and I appreciate him because when I first joined, I told him I said, I will, you know, keep up with you. He keeps me busy, believe it or not. And I, love oh, I know. I, I said it's just another something I just have to add to my busy life as a mom and nurse and musician, you know, all wrapped up in one. Even with COVID, the pandemic going on, I'm still busy. I'm like, wow. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, uh, being a nurse uh, is um, a tough thing in this time because you're and, and it, thank you for all your service. Um, it's a, you're, you're putting yourself out there constantly as being i'm married to a nurse so i pre, i have a special appreciation for it but you're you're really putting your life on the line every single day uh, of your life now and 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 putting yourself out there to help others so i you can't you can't we can't say thank you enough for that kind of stuff oh you're you're welcome it's um I love what I do and um, it's not easy and especially i deal with um, i'm a surgical oncology nurse by trade and I've been doing surgical nursing half my nursing life. And um, I work for a great team. It's outpatient now. I finally made it to outpatient where I can have holidays and weekends off. But um, we deal with pancreatic, rectal, colon cancers and, you know, stuff in between. And 90 uh, percent of my time is on the phone with the patients and, you know, being a cancer survivor myself, even though it's a different, it was different kind of cancer twice. I developed a new appreciation as far as taking care of people. And I have learned to combine the music that I do with my patient care. Um, that's uh, another story. <laughs> how, well, no, I'm interested in that, that, other, that different story. How do you combine it? Uh, obviously music can be very healing, but uh, how, how in particular do you combine the music with, with being a nurse? <laughs> well, when I was a bedside nurse, um, and, and I took my jobs very seriously. I was very, you know, whether I took care of VIPs or, you know, the everyday mom, dad, working person, it didn't matter to me. You were my patient. And so you got my attention. Um, and when I was worried about, you know, a patient or two or some of them, I would sing in the hallways. I would just start singing anything. And uh, it, it was kind of interesting as the years went by, did a couple shows in the various hospitals around Pittsburgh. And uh, fast forward, a lot of the patients, they didn't know who I, they knew Freddie the nurse, but they didn't know Miss Freddie the singer. And it's kind of interesting because some of them were like, you know, your name on your lab coat, there's this person, a Miss Freddie, you wouldn't happen to be her. And I, I would start laughing. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and all of a sudden it's like you know like the lights went off there's fireworks something like that and, and you know i i'm just i'm honored um and, and it's it's a uh it's a great experience i know um, it is i know it is uh i i i play it uh well i haven't in almost a year now it's about 10 months because of covid but i i 
played quite often in nursing homes and, and uh, adult care centers and, and things like this. And it is the most rewarding gig Absolutely. that I, I've ever had because it, they give back to you so much. And people people are always thanking me. And I don't, you have no idea. I should be. I thank you. I mean, because yeah. I get so much out of it. It's really a great uh, experience. Now, I know you're also very big on giving to charity or, or, or supporting charities. See that on your website. You have a whole bunch of, of those listed. Um, it, where does that come from, that um, initiative to give back? That came years ago. Uh, people just started reaching out to me uh, when they uh, were putting together, raising you know, money for an individual or family and then over the time organizations. So before COVID, I used to do Relay for Life every year uh, in the area that I used to live in, Natrona Heights, Pennsylvania, and it's through the American Cancer Society. So every year I'd go there with my acoustic or my blues band, whichever one of the band, the guys were available. Um, and then there's a, it's called Pink Day. It's become pretty huge. They raise a lot of money. Um, since they started, and I want to say this is year eight, although they didn't do anything this year because of COVID, um, it's to raise money for breast cancer research um, foundation. And I volunteer because I'm a breast cancer survivor twice. So it just depends. Autism, um, my youngest is um, on the autism spectrum. So I do various stuff for Autism Society and for Band Together, headed by John Vento and Ron Esser, Moondog, who has a club in Pittsburgh called Moondog. A lot of people who come through there, national artists play there. I want to be Moondog at the Moondog. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So it's and. I don't mind it. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. So I don't know if people try to guilt me. I don't know. And I'm not saying they do, but it's I have to chuckle because they're like, I I know you're busy, Miss Freddie, but I have this, this, this. And I'm like, oh, okay, there it is. That's my cue. I've got to figure out how to juggle my schedule. And at the end of the day, I juggle my schedule. I think maybe like I would count on one hand throughout all these years that I've had to turn down doing charity work because of my schedule or something's going on. Right. So uh, it's, um, and there's a program called Music Smiles that uh, through the Sonny Pugar Foundation, Sonny Pugar was a drummer, excellent drummer out of Pittsburgh who passed away um, some years ago, of pancreatic cancer. And he and his wife headed up and his wife now, uh, Annie, hi Annie. Uh, and they have musicians volunteer or, you know, their time and go, playing hospitals, nursing home, rehab centers. And it's fun. It I love going to Children's Hospital, though. Children's Hospital is pretty cool. You yeah. Because people don't, they, they're like, I always, get, I, I find it funny. Somebody's always trying to give me direction. Now, don't do this. You can't be loud. I just chuckle. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, I've been doing this. So what I like about it is, you know, I feel bad for the parents and my heart goes out to the kids because they're fighting for their lives, no matter what they're going through. So I try to do the uplifting fun songs. And especially when we play them, the lobby at our children's hospital here in Pittsburgh, I love it. I get to dance with the kids, you know, who are there with their parents. So. Right. Well, I want, I get, when you talk, started talking about kids, I thought, you know, do kids get blues music these days, young people? Because the music that they hear being force-fed to them on the radio is far from blues. It's just like, uh, I don't know what you call it, but it's it's just machine, machine-made, no-feeling, uh, straight-ahead pop or hip-hop or whatever it is, but it's always it seems very machine-made rather than human-made. And I'm wondering, do they do they get it and, and, and enjoy it? as much as uh, people who are not kids. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, Matt, I have to put myself in, you know, their shoes when I was their age and what I listened to and my parents wasn't into it. Just like I really wasn't into blues and my mom listened to blues. My dad listened to country, drove me nuts. I was into the stacks, the Motown, you know, that's what I like hearing, you know, from Marvin Gaye to Simon Garfunkel. That's what I listened to. So, since I've been performing, I noticed something. The little kids, the toddlers, the school-age kids, and the teenagers, they like what I do. 
And I've even, it's even gotten me to do blues dances. I've been to Columbus, Ohio, DC, and even here. Uh, they have these big blues dances and near 90% are young people. I'm talking <laughs> about 30 and under, which is very cool. So they do get it. They, they absolutely get it. And yes, they have their music that they listen to and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the music industry has gotten so very, very, um, cookie cutter oriented and they want to be able to put somebody really in a box and just kind of deliver the same old everybody wants to wants you to sound the same and the music industry is is really gone that way which is what's great about being an independent artist now uh do you i'm assuming that most of the music you're doing is cover music are there there uh the song we're, we're going to hear tonight uh wade in the water that's an original tune is it not no, it's not an original tune, and it actually didn't get recorded till 1901. Um, history says probably maybe came out in the 1800s. They don't know who wrote it. But over the years, uh, various artists, church groups have done it. Um, so, you know, I'm doing it because uh, I remember as a kid, I remember listening to this choir. Man, they really, as a little kid, it, it really moved me. Well, and that's I, what really struck me is this uh, real authentic church choir sound of this this song. And I was it really blew me away the first time I, I listened to it. I did not know it was a traditional song, but it, it has the feel, uh, certainly has the feel of one. Um, uh, so uh, you've recorded this now, and it, it, you have it out on a single, and it's available now or, or wherever. <laughs> yes, yes it's available wherever cd baby itunes it's on spotify youtube um iheart radio uh thanks to mike morgan out of ohio he uh produced it and uh jay vernali out of nashville tennessee and kim parent she added the vocals uh it's just you know we want to make it simple and as far as vocals i I recorded the vocals here in Pittsburgh at Audible Images um, wow. in North Hills. So, you know, combine. And I always said, please don't change my voice because how I sound in the studio is how I, I'm going to sound when I sing it out. I, I don't want any changes. Don't fix it up. Don't don't tweak my voice. And so my voice was not tweaked. It's it, how it I does. Sound. It doesn't need to be, uh, and I think that's that's another thing that that really stands out is in this age where almost everybody is using auto tune of some kind of fixing mm -hmm. sour notes somewhere or any of that mm -hmm. stuff. There's no sour notes on this. This is very uh, human and real sounding. So uh, I'm going to play it now, and we'll come back and, and, and chat a little more when we're on the other side. So let's uh, take a listen to it. The song is called uh, "Wade in the Water," and it's by Miss Freddie. In 
impressive there um did you know all the the choir singers were you in the room when they when the choir singers were there or or is that you overdubbing a lot of voices (laughs) (laughs) well that that's kim parent god bless her soul she she she's a great vocalist i never met her i met her one one person one person between me and her one person i know (sighs) i couldn't believe it you know, when, when Mike uh, sent me the final, you know, track, when it was all done and I heard it, I the first time, like, not even halfway through the song, I started crying. Right. I, I get that. I I was almost at that point again. The first time I heard it, I got all, I got very, I got chills. I got very, you know, all, I'm very emotional. It's so real and so... Uh, there's no way to describe it. They don't make that kind of music. Nobody's making that kind of music anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's I talk because, you know, between um, Mike and Jay, they asked me, well, what instruments do you want? And I said, all I want is for this particular song is it to be as simple as possible because the simpler you make it, in my opinion, the more powerful it'll be received and people will actually pay attention to the words. They'll hear all the instruments going on which is only the hammond and um keys just piano yeah the roads yeah yeah that's good and Um, it's so powerful it really is really powerful and it's um they they did a great job you know so i'm very grateful to have met mike morgan and jay vernali um haven't had a chance to meet kim but kim parent you know she she's awesome uh have you had a chance to perform that song out yet since uh since the pandemic well, I'm going to tell you, I've been performing that song for years with my acoustic mostly. And then probably starting this year with my electric blues band, because we've had a chance to play out before it just got so bad that we couldn't. We played right. outside. So, um, yeah, I've been doing Wait in the Water for maybe three, four, maybe five years Great discovery. I, I gotta. I have to look up the history of the song now because I I had thought it was an original because I had never I never heard it, but it definitely put me in mind of all those classic traditional hymns that that you hear and and basically wow this is this is uh, an incredible take on on traditional music not not knowing that it it was <laughs> traditional yeah. music. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the, the two different bands, the, uh, acoustic and electric. Do you basically do a lot of this? Uh, do you do a lot of the same material from from both? No, it's di- it's different material. Um, there may be, I would say, 
maybe a handful of songs that I may do with both bands, but for the most part, it is 95% different music. Right. And so with, with the acoustic thing, well, what is the instrumentation? Is it like acoustic guitar, acoustic bass? Uh, what what do you have in in that? So it's acoustic guitar, and he plays keyboard, and I have an electric bass player, and I have a guy that plays percussion. He plays congas. So, uh, and of course, me on vocals, uh, and then my acoustic guitar player sings, and sometimes the conga player, we might do something to harmonize. And we do gospel, classic rock, and blues in that band. Interesting, interesting, interesting mix. Uh, and uh, so it would strike me that now that that version is out, uh, uh, people are going to want to hear uh, Kim come on the road with you. Or, uh, you know, all those backup stuff. You, can, you can't reproduce that, all those vocals live, right? You can't. No, but you know what? With the acoustic band, uh, Mike, my acoustic guitar player, Mike Houston, what, he's, what we've been doing over the years he will come in when I'm doing wait in the water and then he will, it's like a call response. Wait in the yeah. I, I want to get some on the base on that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I've actually sang with people when we did wait in the water and there was, you know, sopranos and then there was people with, Hello, and I'm like, okay, that's too low for me. I'll just do my range and I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned being a, a cancer survivor yourself, and uh, it, I think it does that play a, a significant role in you wanting to uh, pursue the music, or were you, were you pursuing the music stuff before that? I was already in the music, um, in the band. Uh, my first band won my first about 98, and then 2004, my own, I was doing my own thing. Uh, and, and, and it was a life lesson. And, you know, I have to tell you, <laughs> I have to quit being stubborn. Um, it really played a significant role. Thank God I had music in my life at both times, especially 2004, because 2004 I almost died. Wow. And um, I'll never forget when I got out the hospital, the guy that used to play guitar for me, Jason Caldrillo, great young guy. We met, he, matter of fact, we were in the first band together, his first organized band. He was 16 in 96 and my first, you know, band that I joined. Um, and then fast forward, I'll, I'll never forget. I, I had surgery on Wednesday. I got out on Friday and went to a gig, had to drain in, was numb as all get up. Had a little bit of pain because you know the venue said, you know what, we can we can reschedule. No, no, no. I want to I want to come and sing. And my bandmates, you sure? You should maybe you shouldn't do this. No, no, no. I want to sing. Well, you know that was a four hour gig, and by the time I was done, I had to smile a little bit. I couldn't drink anything. <laughs> I just had to smile. And the bass player in the in the band I was dating, I'm like, you have to take me home now. Why? I, I I have to go home. Just trust me. <laughs> so that that's what I did. Stubborn me, but um, it taught me something. You don't have to be brave and trying to prove something when you're doing music. Um, people will know that you're for real just by how you act, how you interact with them, and especially when you can connect with them. Um, Cause I connect a lot of people, a lot of my fans out there and a lot of people I've interviewed um, throughout, you know, with throughout the years, they know my story. And I said, you know, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm actually very honored and humble to share who I am. Right. And What's there to be ashamed of? There's nothing to be ashamed of at all in it. And I think it's inspiring and it's an important message to kind of share with, with people who might need some, uh, belief, you know, or or a hope, and, oh, and absolutely, yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. You'd be surprised. Um, it's so nice, and and I miss singing out. I miss because I'm a hugger, and I'm like, you all know we can't hug. It's pandemic season here. We cannot do it. And it's always nice to. I remember at the end of every gig, the last several years, every single gig, Matt. I don't care what it was. If it was a festival 
where there's thousands of people, hundreds of people at a winery, a local bar, didn't matter if I was doing a party, at least one person would come up and they enjoyed it. And you can tell in their eyes and how they're talking and their whole, like their whole body, you know, their body out. Yeah. And you can tell if they're for real. And they, they loved it. You know, I got to see you again. I've gotten, I hated blues until I've heard you. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, what kind of music do you like? Bluegrass. I'm like, well, you know what? I didn't like bluegrass until I sang with these young kids. Um, they did bluegrass, but they also knew blues. And oh my God, I said, I was, a, I'm a fan now. I'm a fan of bluegrass. <laughs> People look at me like, really? I said, well, when I, when something bothers me, I listen to classical piano. Oh yeah. And you're like, really? I said, oh, absolutely. When something's on my mind, when I am troubled, I find my playlist. I play the classical piano and, you know, I'm off in another world. So. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, it just strikes me that, you know, it it helps to have a purpose uh, and, and something something bigger than just work and all and all that stuff. When you when you're struck with that news that you have an illness like that, and I've never had cancer, but I have had a stroke or and some serious. When you when you have that that extra thing besides just work and 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 just a regular, it's it's a very powerful. Uh, piece of medicine whether it's music or art any kind of outlet like that it's a very and it's important thing for people to, to have something like that and so i think that's another uh, part of the message that people need to uh to, to hear because sometimes when you're diagnosed with something really severe or you come down with something that is life-altering a life-altering illness or condition um we tend to kind of just withdraw and withdraw from everything but it's more i think it's more important to keep going and find something that drives your passion right yeah i mm. i think you are right on that and mm. um, especially what i do you know for living doing with patients who were diagnosed with cancer you know there are some that they built this strength and this inner strength and my job as a nurse is to have our patients trust me because i'm the nurse i'm the middle guy at the end of the day you know, um, the surgeon, he's a great guy. And then I have my PA, you know, and we have our administrative assistants. So we've got like a close knit, great team. Um, but at the end of the day, Freddie, can you take care of this? Freddie, can you do that? I'm like, okay, I'm changing my name. people. Right. <laughs> but you know, it, and, and it's, it's, it's really nice. And I'm not bragging. I tell people, you don't understand when you are in the healthcare profession, you're dealing with people's lives. I don't care if you work in a wellness clinic, if you're a bedside nurse, ICU nurse, ER nurse, or if you just work in radiology, you're still dealing with people's lives. People need to trust you. Right. And, you know, you and when you combine music, I'm telling you, it's um, it's like night and day. So, you know. At least a few of the patients we have that know that um, they're like, how are you doing with not singing with the pandemic? I said, actually, I said I was very sad for a few months and then I got to sing outside and now I can't do anything because it's getting cold. And I said, I'm doing OK because I found other things to to do as far as in the music. So I'm good. Yeah. You know what they do here? They put the outdoors indoors. If that makes any sense. So the, <laughs> you can't be indoors, so you go outdoors, but then they build a tent, and then you're indoors, outdoors. <laughs> but either yeah. So yeah. You, you end up indoors anyway, so it's very – but when you were talking about the hugging, and, you know, we got so much of that with the band that I play with, people who just want to feel connected to the band and want to express how much they love it. And now, of course uh, – and and it's really confusing when you see somebody you're close with and uh you know like i i i've had it and been t and so i think i have immunity now my friends have had it and I, but we still don't know what are we doing do we shake hands do we or what do we do the fist bump i don't know what to do Can i hug you i i don't know what to do so it's yeah. confusing to know what the greeting is with a lot of people these days and it's just it's a very strange time yeah it's very very um it's very difficult especially if you're a personal person you like to hug you know whatever shake hands and i'm a hugger and I tell people, well, you know that I'm a nurse, 
And so I really don't want to shake hands, fist bump, nothing. I said, because guys, you don't know what I may give you and vice versa. I have to protect you. I right. said, that's my job as a nurse, you know? So, and people respect that. Um, they're sad, but you know, and I feel so bad. I'm like, okay, yeah. if I take a teddy bear and just wrap it in, you know, disposable plastic and everybody come up and hug the teddy bear it might not be the same, but, um, you know, I wanted to do that, and and my electric blues band said, "Don't do that." <laughs> I said, "Okay." They're like, "That's too much work. You got to change plastic." <laughs> so. do, do, do you think that, like, when and I, I, you know, people keep saying when this is over, when this is over, and yeah, who knows what that what that really means? But do you think at some point we're going to just go hugging crazy <laughs> to make up for? It? Oh my gosh! Well, all I can say is, and you know, I thank God I'm, my kids are grown now, and I have a grandson, so I don't have to worry about it. There's going to be a lot of babies made. Trust me. Well, I'm not so sure about that. I was having a discussion with a friend about that the other day, about the birth yeah. rate uh, falling off. And I'm not sure that that's – I know uh, a lot of unwanted pregnancies by, by single people are not happening now. So uh, yeah. that's one good thing. I guess that people are, you know, playing it a little bit safer for when, when, you know, premarital sex or whatever that stuff is, where you're not making babies out of wedlock and not – having unwanted children that's a good thing maybe yeah, yeah. maybe husband and wives or, or couples that are locked down might be we'll see i don't know uh, we haven't seen any you know boom yet have we anything <laughs> i haven't heard you know much of anything as far as birth rates going up or yeah. you know dating. they have the uh virtual dating now which i'm like well that's interesting uh, it's it's uh, really crazy it's really crazy <laughs> well, you I've, know it reminds me of a lot of like um tv shows that they would show the future or you like say movies like from 20 years ago where they would show these future movies and this is the way they would date. So, you know, that's not too far fetched. Yeah. How, how bizarre is it that, you know, uh, I don't know how old you are, but when I was a kid, we used to ha have comic books with Dick Tracy and he had a watch, a, a, a video watch on where he could communicate with you know, pe people that. have that stuff now. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, and movies like spy movies, James Bond and Matt Helm movies yep. and all that stuff where they would have video screens where you could actually uh, yep. video call people and we would be like, yeah, that's just science fiction. Oh, now you know? we're the man from <laughs> uncle. So now we're telling our age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on that note, we are, um, we are not youthful people. And, and I, I've had a lot of young musicians on thanks to Michael. Uh, and I, I have to say, you know, it's gotta be very weird to be 21 or 22 years old and have a year prime year of your life taken from you like this. Uh, and, and, and this, this, what, what we're dealing with, I think it's easier for older people, people who are, you know, middle-aged or, or beyond, uh, to deal with this than somebody who was, you know, we never had anything like this. Do you recall anything close to this when, when we were young nope, people? Never, never. And even when SARS and the bird flu came out, uh, never like this. Right. And as a kid growing up, never. I mean, you know, there was like an outbreak of measles in my neighborhood, but I mean, that was it. But this is very, very different. And um, I'm friends with a lot of young people. And when I say young people, I'm talking about the 40 and under crowd. And um, a few of them have adapted really well, but a lot of them, they're used to going out, hanging out with their friends. They're used to going to the park and doing things in the park, going to the shows. Um, right. And I get that. And I'm used to doing that too when I can um, with my son or with my family. And um, I had to adjust because I had to put in my head, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get it. I might have had and just don't know it. Um, but I, you know, I want to yeah. be around like the next 20 years. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, do you, do you think there's, uh, and obviously I think there is a, do you, do you, can you identify a silver lining, something that we take away from this that's positive with everything that's gonna. I think for me, the silver lining is, um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there are more and more good Samaritans in this world. It's unbelievable how people have reached out to help other people. 
And I think that is the takeaway message. It's like, you know what? We're going through this. Yes, there's a lot of anger, a lot of sadness, depression, and whatever else in between. But the silver lining is, I mean, I've never seen so many people, you know, around the world, and especially here in the United States, because we got it bad right now. But right. people are helping people like crazy and they're doing it. It's not to get on the TV show or the news. They're doing it because you know what? A lot of them have said, I've seen people interview. It It could be me or it once was me before right. the pandemic. So absolutely. Random acts of kindness can, uh, you know, restore your faith in humanity a little bit, a little oh, bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, have you been, getting uh because i know michael again and kudos to michael three three times now uh but he get he's very good at getting people played in places because as i mentioned like the radio is not there i don't know if there's a lot of blues places to get plays places or stations that will play blues in in the pittsburgh area but certainly here in new york you're lucky if you get it played on college stations so a lot of times we're going you know the internet is radio and all that kind of stuff but uh internationally and, and places like australia and south africa and all over europe are responding to a lot of these people's music are you getting a lot of positive feedback from around the world I am. And, you know, the world knows me from my second uh, album that came out three years ago. And that's been getting play, airplay, too. Here in Pittsburgh, we do have a blues station. You really? know, W-Y-E-P, shout out, yay, like 91.3 FM. Yep, <laughs> yep, they play blues on Saturday uh, from, I think they start from 7 and then it goes to midnight. Yeah. Wow. So. Wow. Wow. Very cool stuff. But yeah. uh, you know, so that that's a great way for new people to get acquainted with you now. And so there is an upside to the internet part of it. You know, I'm when it comes to social media and stuff, I'm very down on technology a lot of times because I see the negative sides. But there is a positive side in that uh, artists who would generally have a real tough time getting any exposure or uh, mm -hmm. finding people who enjoy their music, great music like yours even, it's just hard to sometimes to connect with fans. It, this makes it easier. And, again, uh, you know, kudos to Michael for getting you out there and getting you. Getting oh, you yeah, absolutely. But even before I joined Michael, I know, you know, I had to come to the realization this is this is the way of world of advertising is through social media. So uh, there's a couple of musician friends here in Pittsburgh have said, I've never seen anybody, you know, promote um, you like the way you do. It's like you're always you're like you're out there, you're out there. I said, you know, I tell people it's not about me, you know, oh, look at me. I'm on social media. No, that's not what that's about. I said, if I don't promote me, who's going to do it? Seriously, right. who's, who's going to do it? I said, and look at it. There's a lot of great bands that came out of 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and now who self-promoted themselves. They got out there. They got recognized by, you know, record companies, promoters, whatever. And I said, I have to do it. I think it's important. And I said, the music that I do, it's important. And my motto is what I do is not mine to keep. And I have the tattoo to prove it. So. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Yeah, uh, when you said record company, uh, my response was, what's a record company? Uh, I think, you know, what my vision or my idea of record companies went out of style 25 years ago. And, and mm. what we, we have now, the music industry is just, it's a very strange place to be. Artists are not rewarded. And we have streaming services that are... You know, I hate to get on that rant, but they are taking advantage of artists. Artists put out the material, artists do the work, and the streaming companies take 99.999999% of the, the profits off it. It just feels like, you know what, something's got to change with that. Mm -hmm. uh, not I that it will change. I, I think it will. Um, and, you know, just um, like the last several years with trying to promote the music that I do, I, I, I have a feeling it will change. Right, because um, you have your international and national um, musicians who, you know, they they're trying to take back what they keep giving and giving and giving. So just stay tuned and see what happens. 
Right. Well, I, I hope you're right about that. And, you know, I just think some, 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 at some point, it's not all about the money, but I think it should be about fairness. And uh, when it's, it's so lopsidedly unfair, I, I've, it bothers me. It's this, the social justice warrior in me that says, you know what? Treat people fairly. Come on. <laughs> not, yeah, greed is a, a rotten thing. So, um, so are you optimistic for, for the future of, of music? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, kudos to all the musicians around the world who have become creative with this pandemic going on. That's amazing. It's right. like you guys didn't realize you were that creative until you were forced to be really creative and think about and use a common sense. So I'm optimistic now that there's this creativity going on that they will take it and just intensify it. So right. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the next year or two with not only myself, but with everybody else in the world who's doing the music thing. Well, your optimism is as contagious as your music. I, I, I love the I love the upbeat spirit. And I, I thank you for your time here tonight. And it's great to get to know you. I hope I hope we've introduced you to some new people. And uh, the website has been going across the screen all, all night there. It's called MissFreddy.com. It's just that simple. But I'm going to spell it for people because most of the people are going to be in their cars listening to this. It's Miss, M-I-S-S. Freddie is F-R-E-D-D-Y-E dot com. So, uh, and you go there and you can check out the, uh, the, all her music and uh, become a fan. Become a fan, folks, and, and let her know uh, how much you appreciate the music here tonight. Thank oh, you. Yeah. For- oh, they can go on YouTube, too, and they can follow me on my Facebook musician page. Go on Twitter. I'll put all those links in the description so people make it easy for people so they don't have to go searching for them. I will definitely... Okay. Yeah, well, thank you again, and I wish you great success. And come on back whenever you have time to promote anything, or when things get back to normal and you and you're gigging and want to kind of just promote your schedule. I would love to have you back. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate it so much. Stay safe. I I appreciate your time too. You stay safe too. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Put Me in the Story. Put Me in the Story creates personalized books for kids by taking best-selling children's picture books and well-loved characters and allowing you to create personalized books that make your child the star of the story alongside their favorite characters. Save 25% store-wide when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code SAVE25. We're also sponsored by Lovely. Lovely is your online stop for modern, irresistible, and affordable women's clothing. Never before has dressing yourself been so easy. Lovely's carefully curated selection of apparel, accessories, and outerwear are always on trend and always available at the web's best prices. Lovely is dedicated to delivering high-quality clothing to women that will make them look and feel their best. They believe every woman has the right to dress well and shouldn't have to spend a lot to love how she looks. They make it easy to wear outfits you love every day, giving you the confidence to take on the world. Lovely.com summer fashion trends are now 40% off, starting at just $5.99. Get an extra 18% off when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code JFT18. We're also sponsored by Vapor DNA. Founded in 2013, Vapor DNA is the premier online vape store offering an industry-leading selection of electronic cigarettes, e-liquids, and accessories. Their friendly and knowledgeable customer service team is always ready to provide the best customer service experience to ensure you find what you're looking for. They guarantee their products to be 100% genuine and at the lowest possible price. They're so confident in their selection and customer service, they offer their customers a 45-day refund policy. Save 20% when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code OrionQ. Miss Freddie, uh, folks, I hope you really love that music. Uh, the song is just 
really phenomenal, authentic, and a great person there, great story, uh, and just love her attitude. And, and like I said, her optimism is, is con- as contagious as the music. Having a little trouble with the lips here tonight. They're just not cooperating with the... <laughs> Been a long day, folks. Lots of shows going on. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this program. I hope you subscribe and come on back and tell your friends about it. And uh, go to my YouTube channel and subscribe there. Go to MindDogTV.com and get on my mailing list. And questions and comments for me, info at MindDogTV.com. Tomorrow at 1 p.m. we'll be back with Meet the Author at 1 p.m. Lisa Cohn will be here, uh, exciting new author to, to get you introduced to. And until then, I'm Matt Napple from the MindDogTV podcast. Thanks for coming. Have a great rest of your night. Bye. Tell me that you love me.